Thank you for joining us for today's Practical Living broadcast, and I pray that through this message that you will learn how to apply God's Word and truths to any situation in your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We continue our series entitled Help is Here. I want to talk to you this morning about being set free to live free. Say it with me, set free to live free. We're talking about the fact that Christmas is all about help arriving, help being here for each one of us. I think any of you that's ever been in trouble before, you recognize and appreciate the fact that when you're in the midst of some kind of trouble and you cry out for help, somebody shows up. It's incredible when you're going through a difficult moment to have somebody actually show up in your life and to assist you in some way that you could not have helped yourself. And really, that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is God sending His Son into our world so that help for us can arrive. We talked last weekend about the fact that God sent Jesus into our world on a mission. That mission was to seek and to save the lost. I want to continue that theme this weekend by drawing your attention to Luke chapter 4, where Jesus himself once again announces why he came. He describes his purpose for coming from heaven to earth. Luke chapter 4, I'll begin in verse 16 and read down through verse number 21. These verses will be on the screen if you'd like to follow along as I read them. He went, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So Jesus was regular in church, okay? He went into the synagogue. It was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Please note that phrase. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So here's the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He goes to his hometown, Nazareth, and he attends synagogue on the day of the Sabbath. And there in that particular moment, that day, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he opens up the scroll to this particular place and begins to describe the Spirit of God anointing him for certain aspects of ministry. And one of those aspects of ministry that he describes here that is actually the fulfillment of the prophecy given by Isaiah As Jesus said, he has sent me, God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. There's a lot in that one little line. He, God, has sent me. Sent is the word where we get our English word apostle from. I've been sent on an apostolic ministry from God, sent from God to proclaim. The word there is to preach or to announce is the idea, to announce freedom for the prisoners. I've come to announce that people can be set free and people can live free. And for the next few moments, I'm going to share with you four things that will help us to understand the application of this particular phrase of Jesus and ministry of Jesus in each one of our lives. The first thing we must note that Jesus is describing here is that prison, as he is describing it, is an interstate more than an outward place. It's an interstate. What did Jesus mean when he said, I've come to set prisoners free? What was he referring to? Was he somehow announcing in Israel... 
Everybody who's in jail gets to go free. And was he announcing that, in fact, all around the world, the prison doors would be open and all those prisoners would be released from their incarceration? No, that's not what he's talking about in a physical sense. He's talking about something much deeper than that. He's talking in spiritual terms. Let's see if we can't understand what he's saying here. He says, I've come to set prisoners free. What is a prison? A prison is a state or it's a place of confinement or captivity. Prisons are places that have impenetrable walls and fences and bars and armed guards and shackles and chains. It's a place where freedom has been forfeited. A prisoner is someone who is deprived of their liberty in one of those places, kept under involuntary restraint. I'm not sure if you've ever visited a prison before. I've been to many prisons, not as a prisoner, just so you know, okay? But over the years, as I've had the opportunity as a pastor to minister to different people, you're often called upon to go to the jail, to the prison, to minister to folks. And I've been in low-security prisons. I've been in maximum-security prisons. And one thing is very clear that as soon as you walk through the door of a prison, even though you're not a prisoner, the first thing that you feel is great sadness and great loneliness and great fear and oftentimes a great sense of hopelessness to realize this is a place of very severe and significant incarceration. And Jesus said, I came to help prisoners. Now, the prison Jesus is referring to is not a place. It is about a state of life. It's about a condition that people experience. So you can live in a palace and still be in a prison in your soul. You can appear to be totally in charge of your life, totally free in what you're doing with your life and still be living bound up, still be living in an internal prison controlled by some kind of destructive or restrictive habit in your life, controlled by some kind of restricted, destructive emotion in your life, controlled by some kind of restrictive, destructive way of thinking or way of living in your life. You can be what would be normal to everyone looking at you, but nevertheless on the inside there's still a prison and you're still living as a prisoner. There's not a single person, by the way, who isn't a prisoner of something in their soul. Not a single one of us. And you'll never receive the help of Jesus to be freed from your prison, whatever it might be, until you acknowledge that you're a prisoner of something. You've been deprived of the real freedom that you need to experience in your life. So when Jesus said, I've come, the Father has sent me to proclaim liberty to the prisoners. He was talking about you, and he was talking about me. He was talking about us. So may I start this morning by asking you a question. What has imprisoned you? What has incarcerated your life? What cell are you living in? See, the human condition results in all kinds of prisons. There may be some in this room today or watching online, some that are watching there are a part of our Frederick campus, that you may be in the prison of fear. You may be in the prison of anger. You might be in the prison of bitterness. For some, you may be caught in a prison of some kind of addiction in your life or the prison of despair or hopelessness. We could list lots of different things, but the question for you to think about in your life today is, where am I a prisoner? Where am I incarcerated in some part of my life? Because Jesus came to give this message to you and to me. He came to give this message to each one of us. The second lesson for us today is this. We're actually all born in prison. The Bible is very clear in human experience and history. 
proves the truth of this reality. We're all born as prisoners of sin. In fact, all these other prisons that I've talked about, fear and worry and anger and bitterness and addictions and all these kind of things that we find ourselves sort of incarcerated by in life, all of these have their genesis in the prison called sin. Sin is the mother of all prisons. We might say that sin is the prison of all prisons. And sin is a universal condition. No one escapes what I would call inherited incarceration. That when you're born into this world, you're born into a world as a prisoner to sin. And this prison called sin. The Bible is so very clear about this. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you're using your Bibles today, you may want to circle the word sin because I want you to understand what that word means. It's a Greek, unique Greek word that describes the missing of a mark. This little image on the screen will help you to understand what it means to sin. The idea is trying to shoot an arrow towards a target, and that target or that bullseye is the holiness or the perfection of God. And the way that we live our lives in a trajectory, somehow trying to please God, we're always missing the mark. We're always doing things our way rather than God's way. Does that look a lot like your life right there? Missing the mark, and all of us miss the mark. We all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because, note again, all sinned. Galatians three twenty two. but the scriptures declare that we are all. What are we? Prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. So think about it with me for a moment. What is this prison Jesus is talking about? It's not an outward state or place. It's an inward condition. And it's something every one of us are born into. And so if you're born into prison, that when you come into this world, you're incarcerated by this thing called sin. Is there any hope for us? Is there any way out, any way to find freedom out of this this jail cell, we might say? Well, the answer, obviously, is yes, there's hope. That's why Jesus came. Jesus is that hope. And Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 in his own life. Notice how Paul describes it. He says, how true it is and how I long that everyone should know it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I think we ought to stop there for a moment and say a big hallelujah right there. Christ came to save sinners. And then Paul adds this, and and I was the greatest of them all. I was a prisoner of sin. I was incarcerated by this terrible condition called sin. I was the greatest of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as an example to show everyone how patient he is, even with the worst sinners, so that others will realize that they too can have everlasting life. Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came to save you and to save me from this condition we were born into. This is what Christmas is all about. Now, this freedom from prison, the prison called sin, requires a response from us. It doesn't just happen automatically. You'll not experience freedom without making a choice. And the choice is very simple. The choice is to 
believe in, accept, receive Christ into your life. This is the step that leads to this, this freedom that we can experience. It's very clear in the Bible. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the gift of freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Notice it's a gift. You don't earn your way out of prison. You can't be... See, we have the tendency to think because of our prison system that if you're really good in prison, then the warden will finally let you out. Just be on good behavior, and finally the warden will parole you. You can get out. That's not the way it works in the kingdom. The way it works in God's kingdom, if to get out of this prison called sin, you can't be good enough to get yourself out of that prison, but Jesus comes and opens the door for you when you invite him into your life. The wages of sin is death, but there is a free gift that's given to us, the gift of liberty, the gift of freedom. How do we receive this gift? Romans 10, 9, and 10. This is the gospel of Christ. This is what we proclaim. This is the hope for the world that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be released from your prison for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so the issue for experiencing this freedom from what we're born into is to accept Christ into our life. Now, please understand something. When it comes to Jesus, there's only two choices when it comes to Christ. You'll either accept him or you'll reject him. There's no other choice. There's no other option. And so as you go through this life, you will make a decision in this life. Before you breathe your last breath here, you will make a decision as to whether you have accepted Jesus or you've rejected him. To accept him means to believe that he is the Son of God, to believe that he died on the cross of Calvary for your sins and for the sins of the world, but for your sins particularly, that he gave his life so that you could be freed, he took your place, and to believe that he rose from the grave as the Son of God and to put your faith in him and invite him to be the Lord of your life, to take charge of your life, to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, to make him Lord or master of your life. That's what it means to accept him. And so the key question for you to answer in your life is to answer the question, have I truly accepted Christ in my life as my Savior, as the Messiah, and as my Lord? And here's the beautiful thing. When you accept Christ into your life, you're delivered from the prison you were born into, and you're born again into freedom. This is the beauty of the gospel. That as soon as you accept Christ in your life, you're actually, that prison of sin you were born into, you're born again into freedom. You're no longer a prisoner of sin. Jesus has set me free. And if the Son has set me free, I am free indeed. Amen? Amen. But you never escape your first birth without the second birth. Are you hearing me today? You never escape your first birth, being born into sin, without the second birth. That's called being born again. 
And we have many people that could testify here in our service today that you came into an event like this or a service like this at some point in time in your life and the gospel of Jesus touched you deeply in your heart. You were convicted by the Spirit of God. You accepted Christ and you came to church one way, but you left a different way because you were changed. You came to church living as a prisoner of sin, but you walked out a free person because Christ set you free. You experienced the beauty of what Jesus described to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You must be born again. And so there's only one way out of your first birth. The only way out of your first birth is a second birth, being born again by the Spirit of the living God. And when you're born again by the Spirit of the living God, you're born into freedom. Born into freedom. Third thing I want to share with you today. Freedom from this prison of sin happens in a moment, but it also takes a lifetime. As I mentioned a moment ago, that when you accept Christ in your life, you're born into freedom. But just because you're born into freedom doesn't mean you live in freedom. There's a lot of people who've been born into freedom, but they're not living in freedom. What they do is they've been born again, but they still go back to their jail cell. And they've been, the doors have been opened, but they're so comfortable with some of the stuff that used to be a part of their life as they keep going back to the old way of living. They're a new creation, but they're not living as a new creation. They're, they still are living in some bondage that Jesus wants to free them from. And there's a process where we learn to live in freedom. In fact, the Apostle Peter describes this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. He says, live, notice this, live, daily live. Make the choice to live in a daily manner. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So he says, I want you to learn to live in your freedom. To make some choices day by day where you're not going back to that old, comfortable, familiar jail cell that you've been living in for a long time because now you're born again. You're a new person. Don't live there any longer. Learn to live in freedom. And so it's a process that we engage in for our entire life. I've known Christ for a long time as a believer in Jesus. Since I was seven years of age, I'm still learning day by day how to live in freedom because there's a pull back to your old jail cell. Are you hearing me? There's a pull back to your old way of living. It's always pulling you. Sin wants to pull you back to that place of incarceration. The adversary, the Bible says, who came to steal and kill and destroy, he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, wants to pull you back into the old way of living. And you must learn, we must learn to live and walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for us. Because we're in a war, we're in a battle John the Apostle talks about some of the things we're battling with in 1 John chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. He says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the John is saying, we're going to contend with, always contend with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are ways that try to pull us back into our bondage of the past. This bondage of our past comes at us in a variety of ways. I'll give you five that you'll see on your notes. It comes to our world, influence, life patterns. The world around us is constantly trying to shape us into its mold. Be like me, the world says, and it's always pushing us and pulling us toward its direction. 
Our sinful past life choices and ongoing choices can continue to haunt us and restrict us. Sometimes this is a destructive relationship pattern. You know that the devil can work through people in your life? The wrong people in your life can put you right back in a jail cell. You're seeking to walk in the freedom of Christ and the wrong person is allowed into your life and before long you're back in the old cell you used to be in before you met Jesus because those influences are very real in your life. It can be a destructive set of thought patterns that you still haven't broken free from or emotional patterns in your life. All of these are things that pull us back into our jail cell and so we have to learn to live in freedom. I'm going to give you one secret today. There are a variety of secrets, but one secret today, to learn to live in freedom. Do you want to live in freedom? Do you want to live in freedom? About four of you do. That's awesome. That's amazing, okay? It's incredible, okay? Do you want to live in freedom? I'm going to give you one secret today for living in freedom. Are you ready for it? It has to do with your identity. It has all to do with your identity. You've got to identify as a free person rather than a bound person. Because when you meet Jesus, you have been set free. And you have the power to walk in freedom. It just needs to connect with your identity. You must identify with this reality. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Perhaps you know this. Listen to it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. What does that mean for me? It means that I've been delivered from this prison of sin because I've been born again, and sin's trying to pull me back into prison, but my identity is I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. That's the old me. This is the new me. Amen. That's what I used to be, but that's not what I am any longer. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. That identity needs to permeate your very being because it changes the way you live. It changes the way you think. It changes your actions. It changes your decisions. Why? Because you're not the old person you used to be. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. And once that permeates and saturates your soul, it changes so many things. Romans 8 verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not living in that condemned old cell any longer. I've been freed from condemnation. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that I have a relationship with God as my father, and I have an identity now that is not based in fear and condemnation, but based in love, the love of my father for me. Identity. Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he's living in your life, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit of his spirit who lives in you. So now I say, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm not living in that old condemned jail cell any longer. No, I'm free. I'm forgiven. And now I realize the spirit of the living God is living inside of me my identity. I'm a new creation. I'm not living in condemnation and fear. I'm living in the love of God. And my identity is the fact that God now 
is living inside of me by his Holy Spirit. This begins to change everything. Take a look now at Romans 8, 15 and 16. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So who am I? I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. That is who I am. I am not that old person I used to be. I am a new creation in Christ. I am not condemned. I am love. I am not absent of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives now inside of me, and I declare that I am a child of the Almighty God. This is who I am. And when you and I begin to identify with this reality, it changes everything about the way you think and the way that you, you live. Let me prove this to you just from a practical illustration. You can do your study yourself. But you study out people who won the lottery. You have millions of dollars. All overnight, they've won the lottery. And a significant portion of them in a, just a short matter of time will not have that money anymore. Do you know why? Because they keep living the way they did before they received the gift. Okay? And so everything just flows to them before they're long. They're broke again and they need another lottery. Okay? All because they didn't change themselves. They didn't change their mentality. They still live the same way they lived before they got the gift. And they never changed the way they thought about themselves and the way they thought about life and the world around them. Dear ones, it's extremely important if you want to live in freedom that you and I learn to and realize what Christ came to do for you and me we're all prisoners of sin we were born into sin but when we receive Christ we're born again into freedom and that identity needs to permeate every part of our being that we begin to declare I am a new creation in Christ say it with me today I am a new creation in Christ I am not condemned I am loved say it with me I am not condemned I am loved I have the spirit of God living in me declare it come on I have of God living in me. I am a child of God. Yeah, you guys did okay with that, but I'm going to keep going until you really get it. Are you ready? Okay. Because this is going to change your life. I am a new creation in Christ. Let me hear it. I am not condemned. I am loved. The spirit of God lives inside of me. I am a child of God. I'm going to give you one more shot at it. You're not quite there. No, no, don't clap yet. Okay. You haven't earned the clap yet. Okay. One more time. I want this to get deep in your heart. This is one of the greatest Christmas presents you'll get this year. Are you hearing me? God's delivering you a Christmas present right now. Are you hearing me? God is delivering you a Christmas present right now. And the Christmas present is your identity. Okay. This is what changes. Declare it with me. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm not condemned. I'm loved. The Spirit of God lives inside of me. I am a child of God. Now you can give him some praise today. Come on. This is who you are, okay? 
Jesus said, he sent me to proclaim liberty for the captives. And that means you, and that means me. Last point today. We are a new kind of prisoner now. Well, it's great to know that he set us free from one prison, but now we're a new kind of prisoner, and it's a good kind of prisoner. What kind of prisoner are we now? I'm going to give you two aspects of this. The Bible says that now coming into faith in Christ, you're a prisoner of hope. Did you know that? Look at Zechariah 9, verse 12. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of, what's the word there? Hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. You know, when you come to faith in Christ, you used to be hopeless, but now you're a prisoner of hope. You can't escape hope. Everywhere you turn, there's hope. You remember when you met Jesus and you were hopeless and then you met Christ and suddenly you you, you now hope for your future and hope for eternal life and you just can't get away from hope. You're a prisoner of hope. Everywhere you turn, there's hope because you have the word of God and the promise of God's word to you. So you live as a prisoner incarcerated, if you will, by this atmosphere of hope with your life, a prisoner of hope. That's a good prisoner. Paul describes another kind of prisoner. Speaks in Ephesians 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, a, help me out, what is it? A, a prisoner for what? Serving the Lord, okay? Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. So we're a prisoner of hope now. So if anybody asks you, are you in jail? Say yes. I'm incarcerated by hope. I'm incarcerated. I can't escape hope. Every time I turn around, I try to shake off hope. I can't shake it off, okay? Because I'm a prisoner of hope, and I'm a prisoner of serving God. I'm... Listen, what does that mean? It means you're locked into serving Jesus for the rest of your life, amen? No matter what happens, if it's good, I'm going to serve him. If it's bad, I'm going to serve him. If it's up, I'm going to serve him. If it's down, I'm going to serve him. If it's the mountaintop, I'm going to serve him. If it's the valley, I'm going to serve him. If it's joy that I have, I'm going to serve him. If it's sorrow I have, I'm going to... Why? Because I'm locked in to being a prisoner for serving God for the rest of my days. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In fact, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup is running over with what? With hope and Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of God forever. That's the promise that we, I am, I am. Say it with me, I am a prisoner of hope. Come on, I am a prisoner of hope. Come on, I am a prisoner of hope. And I am a servant of God. I'm a prisoner of Jesus serving him the rest of my days. And what God did for you this morning, he gave you a Christmas present. Don't worry about what's under the tree, okay? You already got your present, all right? It's the present of Jesus. It's the greatest gift that you and I will ever receive in our life. Jesus came and said, I came, and I want you to know the Father sent me. The Father sent me on a mission, and here's the mission, to proclaim liberty to the prisoners. Thanks be to God for his indescribable 
gift. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray today? Father, we love you. What an amazing joy it is to think about this Christmas season. Thank you that you came to proclaim liberty to people like us. Lord, we may, we may look free on the outside, but so often, Lord, we're bound up with things on the inside. And thank you that you came to give us newness of life and abundant life and freedom in life. And I pray that this message today would move beyond just our emotions or an emotional moment. And I pray it would settle deeply in our heart. Help us to gain a fresh identity in you. To know who we really are in you, Christ. That we would live in that identity and that freedom that that identity brings. Through the grace and power of your Holy Spirit. For that we thank you. In Jesus' wonderful name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.